This is Casey Kasem in Hollywood, and I have now a song of the year. Three months ago, an international music festival called Eurovision held its annual song competition. It was held this year in Brighton, England, and 17 nations participated on an international TV hookup. All 17 were represented on the panel of judges who sat in their home countries, watched the competing songs performed on TV, and then cast their ballots, with an audience of more than 500 million people viewing the whole proceeding. Well, from the 17 entries, one from each participating nation, there's one grand winner, the song of the year. And the song that won this year was the entry from Sweden, performed at the festival by the Swedish group who wrote the song, and who released it as a single as well. And where is Eurovision's Song of the Year today? Moving up the American charts at number 29. That's where. Here's Waterloo by ABBA. Biggest hits by the world's top artists on American Top 40 from Sweden. That was ABBA with Waterloo. Casey's Coast to Coast. It's curtain time for another Waxing Lyrically. This is your announcer, Kurt Schneider, inviting you to find your seat, silence your cell phone, and join us on this journey into the actor's mind. From the Waxing Lyrically Studios, located inside the beautiful Brownwood Lyric Theater, please welcome your host for today, Paul Underwood. Welcome to another episode of Waxing Lyrically. This is your host, Paul Underwood. I hope you enjoyed that protracted opening there featuring Casey Kasem and an old American Top 40 from 1974 as Casey introduced ABBA to the United States, their first single, Waterloo. I love that little story in there, too. And if you want to hear more from Casey Kasem, you might want to hang in till the very end of the podcast, too. Now, on this episode, you're going to hear from six cast members of Mamma Mia, which takes the lyric stage beginning July 16th. You'll hear from, in this order, Ryan McCormick, Jake Bowren, Emily Borbin, Jonathan Harvey, Billy Harvey, and finally, Tommy Bailey. 
I think you'll enjoy hearing their favorite ABBA song from the musical Mamma Mia and just a little bit about their experience so far in the show. And for the purposes of this podcast, I'm going to be playing the ABBA versions of these songs because if you want to hear the musical versions of these songs, well, you're going to have to get a ticket. You're going to have to go to the show. And of course, yours truly is also in Mamma Mia as part of the ensemble. Now, I'm usually not much for musicals, and, and here's why. Okay, my acting ability. Okay, I, I'd give me maybe um, a C plus. I mean, that's probably up from a D when I started doing lyric productions. Uh, singing, you know, I'm, I'm a B, maybe even a B plus singer, I like to think. But here's the kicker. Dancing... Give me an F, okay? I, I have two left feet, and if you're watching Mamma Mia on stage here in a few weeks, don't look back there in the back, in the back row. Just don't focus on me. Focus on the great dancing going on up front, okay? All right, but I'm in Mamma Mia because of the music. I love these ABBA songs. It really takes me back to my childhood. And I'm going to share with you my favorite ABBA song here real quick. It's Knowing Me, Knowing You. No more now, surely you remember this ABBA hit song. I mean, it got to number 14 on Billboard's Hot 100 back in 1977 and was a number one hit in six other countries. Now, our music director is Dean Kiesling, and he's done a fantastic job getting the ensemble and the leads ready to sing all these great ABBA tunes. I had one favor to ask of Dean. I asked him to please put me in the subgroup that gets to sing that little Benny and Bjorn part in this song, Knowing Me, Knowing You. You know, the women have the lead, but then Benny and Bjorn come up underneath a few times in the song with, this time we're really through, we're really, really through, or something to that effect. It's my favorite part. My favorite part in the whole musical. Jonathan Harvey as Sam Carmichael gets to sing lead on this song. And the ensemble, most of us get to sing this off stage. I've just got a credit right now. Jake Boren and Sam Cox for helping keep me on pitch. I'm a pretty good singer, but sometimes I come in and I'm way off. And Jake and Sam, I've noticed, really kind of nudge me and like, dude, you didn't sing that right. So so thank you to those guys. They're doing a great job in the ensemble. Of course, Jake's got a part in there now. He plays Pepper, and you'll hear from Jake here in a few minutes. Well, I love this so much. I wanted to share with you how hard this ensemble has been working. So just with the help of my wife here, we kind of recreated a seven-part harmony, just a small little section of Knowing Me, Knowing You. She's singing the uh, the lead. She sings the soprano and the alto part. She has a little subgroup part in there, too. And I've got the tenor bass and then my favorite little subgroup part. 
Let me just play for you before I play our totally mixed version that we did in my little home studio. I'll just play the two subgroup parts first. Here's those. This time, this time we're through. We're this time we're through. really through. This time we're through. We're really through. Breaking up is never easy, I know. Have I have to go to this time. I have go. to go this time. I go. Now, for the purpose of this podcast, we're singing this a cappella. Of course, when you come see the show, we'll be backed by a full band. Jill Underwood will be singing lead, soprano, and alto, and I'll be singing the tenor line and bass. And I'll also throw in those two subgroup parts that we just listened to. So if you're counting, yeah, that's seven-part harmony. I mean, you've got to go see Mamma Mia. The ensemble and the singing is going to be amazing. Here it is. Here's my little creation. It's about 15 seconds. We just have to face it this time. This time we're through. We're this time we're, we're really through. This time we're through. We're really through. Breaking up is never easy, I know, but I have to go. Knowing me, knowing you, it's the best I can do. All right, there you have it. There's just a little snippet of what you're gonna hear on the lyric stage. Seven part harmony. Yeah, it's gonna be great. Now, on to the interviews. Now we are joined by Ryan McCormick, who plays Sky in Mamma Mia. And I was looking, you don't even have a last name. Just Sky. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he does. <laughs> <laughs> if you got a name like Sky, you don't need a last name. Tell the audience how your part in this musical has morphed and changed. I was originally cast as Harry, yeah. which is one of the fathers. One of the old ones. Yes. Yeah. And um, that was uh, probably two to three weeks into rehearsal. I got a call from Nancy Joe, and she said, hey, I've got a request. <laughs> <laughs> and she um, said that the guy who was originally cast to play Sky had dropped the show yeah. and asked if I would play Sky and then she would find someone to replace Harry. Yeah. And so I said, sure, let's do it. If we don't choose more people to be in these productions, then maybe we need to begin with. I mean, I think Nancy Jo, she's been around the block a few times as far as casting these musicals right. go. And I think she knows that there's going to be a level of, of, of attrition on these things. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, they oh, that would be fun. Yeah, I would love to go do this musical. I've seen them on stage. And then they get up here and they get involved and they're saying, this is a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. it is a lot of yeah. work. So we have had a few people drop, but I still think this is, and we'll go ahead and just talk about this now. I think as far as shows that I can remember, an ensemble, a capable ensemble, I don't think we've ever had a show with this many accomplished singers and a capable ensemble for this show. Yeah, whenever we started rehearsals, I was shocked because, you know, I have my my college, you know, I was a music major, mm-hmm. a vocalist, and then I did a lot of shows in L.A. and then also in Midland. And... Um, what the first rehearsal kind of blew me away because I was thinking, okay, um, we're, we're in a small town at a small theater. Um, some of these people aren't going to be able to read music. 
So we're probably going to be learning by ear a yeah, lot, yeah. and it's going to be a long process. So I was kind of mentally preparing myself to be patient in rehearsals and just like, you know, because this is going to be good. We're going to do it. Um, but when we when I went in, everyone read music. Within the first the first night, we were doing six part men. Yeah. On on one of the songs, it was it was crazy. <laughs> I'm not six part men. I'm sorry, three part men and yes. three part women. Yeah. And and everyone was you know and a were couple chills, of times you know? through. Yeah. And then we had it. Yeah. So now, now comes the part where we put it all together on stage. Yeah. Just because you've had to change characters midstream, have you had an opportunity? And I think probably the answer is no, because I saw you still studying your lines. Mm-hmm. Have you found the opportunity to find your character to put little flourishes in there yet, or is it still too soon for that for you? Um, you know, um, the show is really kind of like about Sophie more. And then I'm kind of, you know, her fiance, her love interest. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm, it's a little bit of an adjustment mentally to go back to 25 years old. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm getting there, but no, I've not completed that work yet. There's a lot of character work to be done. (laughs) And, you know, and this show, I mean, there is a little character, but let's face it, this show is about the music more than anything else. Hands down. Yeah. Um, you didn't really grow up with ABBA so no. much because, you know, ABBA was more into the mid-70s to the late 70s. Right. Uh, can you remember your first recognition of, of ABBA growing up or anything? You know, I don't I don't remember a specific moment where I was like, who's that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I learned that it was ABBA. I, I remember loving the music. Yes. Um, and it wasn't really until... Probably the early 2000s when I started doing a lot of musical theater and I learned about Mamma Mia. Yeah. And then um, and then I heard that it was all the ABBA songs. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point I didn't know, I, I d- didn't correlate the songs that I loved that I've heard in the past yeah. to ABBA. I didn't, I didn't know who sang it. Right. Yeah. And, so, um, and so I put those two together and I thought... Oh yes, I'm. I'm gonna love this show because yeah. it has all the music that I love. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, then I saw the show on Broadway. Okay, I was gonna ask you that. You Winter saw it Garden in Theater in New York. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like on the second row, right in front of the center, and you know the show was awesome, but the actors were fantastic, and they were really bringing the audience in with them. Yes. Um, on stage with them, um, which is imperative for this show because it's you know you want to get everyone involved. Okay. Pick a song. So interestingly, that first rehearsal we, where we were learning, and, uh-huh. and I was kind of shocked about the everyone reading music, and it sounded great, and there was you know a lot of powerful voices. The song that had that three-part men's harmony and three-part women's mm-hmm. harmony was "Lay Your Love," "Lay All Your Love on Me." I loved that song, and we were singing it. And I mean, it's right in like the meat and potatoes of my register and my uh-huh, voice, and uh-huh. I and I loved the song so much. And um, that is Sky's song. Yeah. At that time, I was playing Harry. Right. So I didn't sing the main part of that. <laughs> I 
I just like the melody. Um, I like the message of it. Everything's, you know, spot on. I love it. And now we are joined by Jake Bowren. Hello, Jake. Hello. Who is playing Pepper mm-hmm. in Mamma Mia. I told you whenever I think of the name Pepper, I always think of Modern Family yeah. and the recurring Nathan Lane character. Right. yeah. Not quite what you're going for on this. No, <laughs> not really. No, no, no. <laughs> not, not quite. Okay, so you started off just a regular ensemble dude like Yeah, me. yeah. I was just, yeah, just one of the guys in the ensemble. And then uh, Nancy Joe just said, hey, I would love for you to play Pepper. So. Yeah. It's fantastic. And, um, and Ryan and I talked about this a little bit. And this is a perfect testament to that is the, the talent in this ensemble. Mm. Is we've just got so many people that could step right in, oh, yeah. step right definitely, up definitely. in this show. Um, you get to play drunk on this. Any, I do. Any experience there, Jake? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, not in real life, thankfully. Um, but uh, there have been some times where I played, you know, a drunk character. Um, and uh, people always tell me, is that how you are in real life? I'm like, well, no, because, you know, this is me playing a character. It's yeah, not, yeah. this is not really me. So. Right. What attracted you to Mamma Mia? Any history with Honestly, the show? Um, so I really didn't have that much interest in it, like, throughout the years but once i like watched uh, first of all i watched the movie and then i watched um the second one and then i was like this is really good music i love this music it's upbeat but it's not like sunshines and rainbows like there's some um there's a message behind it and i love the melodies and the harmonies and it's really really beautiful um this would be a totally different thing for the lyric to do another chance to work with dr humfeld yeah she so she was my director the first three years of my college career, and then she retired. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, she's really amazing. She's I really appreciate the level of um, expertise that she has yeah. and the level of directing style that she has. Okay, um, let's get to the song, because I'm asking okay. every cast member to choose a song. The one you gave me was... Mm-hmm. My first choice was Voulez-vous. Okay. I love the music of Voulez-Vous, just, um, we're all coming together and it's a big, big, like, crazy time, like, it's right before intermission, but it's very, like, upbeat, it's very, just, we're just, we're just out there having a good time, like, we're out there dancing, we're singing. Before intermission, you want to blow them away with an up-tempo number, uh-huh. and Voulez-Vous mm-hmm. is certainly that. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I love singing it. I, I think I'm just singing it all backstage. I haven't really figured all yeah. that out, but, uh, um, yeah, just the full sound, and definitely. I think I get to do the, uh-huh. Uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. definitely. The character, Sophie Sheridan, who is played by Emily 
Bourbon? Bourbon, yes. Bourbon, okay. Yes. I'm sorry. I knew it's I would okay. probably mispronounce that <laughs> name. Okay. I've known you forever before you got married, mm-hmm. and now you're back in Brownwood. Now you're living mm-hmm. in Abilene. Yes. Tell me about your theatrical experience since high school. So I went to Oklahoma Christian mm-hmm. after I graduated, and I got my degree in music education. And since it's a smaller school, I had a lot of opportunities to perform. So I did everything from like Shrek the Musical, we did Music Man, just lots of really big company shows. And then um, we did cabaret shows where it was kind of like just a musical theater review. Mm -hmm. Um, And so those were always really fun. And I got to dance a lot in those and it kind of challenged me in that way. And that was good. Um, And then I think the the main thing I did in college was operas. Ever since... I've known you and seen you on stage as Dorothy in Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. You have this pure high soprano voice, just a beautiful mm-hmm. <laughs> singing voice. Thank you. And which it makes perfect sense that that would be a perfect voice to, for opera. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. this show is not opera. No. <laughs> so it, how do you lend that beautiful, pure soprano voice to Sophie? Mm-hmm. Is it a challenge? Yeah, it can be. Um it can be a challenge when you have a very classical sound um, to sound more musical theater. But I think if you're if you're trained classically, you know the right technique to sound more musical theater and actually sing it in a healthier way. Right. So instead of just um, like belting, doing mm-hmm. a true belt, I use more of a mixed belt. Okay. Um, where I'm basically using like the space that's the same as classical singing, and then just placing my voice <laughs> kind of forward, if yeah. that makes sense, and yeah. making that more like nasally, um, more bright musical theater sound. Okay. All right. So uh, talk about the experience of getting to share Mamma Mia with your dad, because your Mm -hmm. dad, we're hanging out in ensemble together, having a great time. (laughs) How special is that? Yeah, no, it is. It's awesome. And we got to do Joseph together, too. And so that was really fun. And it's just an, an extra little thing that I get to look forward to just performing with my dad. You know, he's usually watching me in the audience, but it's a lot more fun with him being on stage. The drive, the hour and 15 minute drive. Yeah. What do you do? How do you spend your time on those drives? Um, so thankfully, my husband drives a lot. And so I'll either like go over my lines or listen to whatever we're working on that day. Or sometimes I'll sleep. Okay. All right. <laughs> so he lets me do that, thankfully. Is it a beating? Any regrets so far? No, no regrets. <laughs> no regrets at all. I love this show and I'm really thankful to have this opportunity to perform. I mean, it's hard. I'm tired, but it's totally worth it. Like, yeah. it's it's fine. Now, I've asked other cast members to kind of pick mm-hmm. one song from the musical that they either, maybe it's one they sing, maybe it's just one they enjoy the harmonies on or whatever. Mm-hmm. What did you choose? Um, I chose Thank You for the Music. I'm nothing special. In fact, I'm a bit of a bore. If I tell a joke, you've probably heard it before. But I have a talent, a wonderful thing. Cause everyone listens when I start to sing I'm so grateful and proud All I want is to sing it out loud So I say thank you for the music 
I sing it with the the dads in the show. Okay. Um, and like I've loved this song for a long time. I've even sang it at like karaoke before because okay. it's just it's just so beautiful. And I mean, it really is like I've I've always had such a connection with music, and I'm really I truly am thankful that I have that gift because um, it's just always been a way to express myself and feel like I have a. I don't know, just like a something that I can always enjoy and share with others too. And so it's just like a, a very meaningful song for me. I've been so lucky. I am the girl with golden hair. I want to sing it out to everybody. What a joy. We are very fortunate that you've decided to uh, make that drive on a daily basis, nearly, Emily. And we cannot wait to see you as Sophie on the Lyric Stage, July 16th. You're going to be ready? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thank you, Emily. (laughs) Thank you. So I say thank you for the music. All right, continuing on with our cast of Mamma Mia, and we're discussing their favorite songs from the musical and also just getting a little information about their character as well. Now we are joined by Jonathan Harvey playing Sam Carmichael. Welcome, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. First off, you cannot hide behind an accent for this show, Jonathan. That's true. I can't. I have to be myself, which is weird. I, I know, and that's what we were. Gonna, I was going to talk about. Is this going to be the most bare that you've been on stage. I don't know if it's been the most bare, but I definitely enjoy doing accents. But I what's weird is that I'm playing a person that is actually relatively close to my age and so it's odd for me to be myself yeah. in a way. And so yeah. that's that's odd. I think all of us feel like we're 25-year-olds in our head <laughs> and then we realize we're not. So it's just it's odd being playing a character that is my age. It's weird. Yeah. Sam Carmichael, of course. I mean, every, when everybody thinks of Sam, they think of 007, Pierce <laughs> Brosnan. So <laughs> I am not Pierce Brosnan. It's not really a character driven show. It's a music driven right. show more than anything else. Have you found any way to give your character little touches of personality that maybe would be different from what people are used to? That's a tough question, I know. I think so. I, I feel like even though this is a very, uh, I don't want to say, I don't, it's not a typical jukebox musical, but it's pretty close because the songs are well known. There's still a lot of intimacy and relationship issues and things that are very relatable to real life. And so I feel like that draws the audience in. So tapping into Sam is easier than I thought it would be character-wise, because he's he's relatable, he's flawed, he's human, he tries to do the right thing, still ends up hurting people, and he's trying to make amends. Let's talk about your association, I guess first with the musical, Mamma Mia, and why you were so excited to bring this to the lyric stage. Uh, my wife and I, without stealing her thunder, got to watch a performance of this in Detroit, I don't know, um, 
13 years ago, give or take, maybe a little less, a little more. Um, and it was just fun to watch the touring production come through, um, watch the energy and the, the excitement that the cast had. I, I distinctly remember um, the bows uh, during the show you know, we're almost like a concert. Totally agree. I think, you know, the bells could almost be a show in and of themselves on this show, which is right. it's really, yeah, it's really cool. And I cannot wait to see the audience reaction to those. Um, now, I grew up with ABBA, you know. I mean, they were uh, Casey Kasem, American Top 40. ABBA always had a song on there. Uh, your association with ABBA, maybe before you went to see the musical. I think I grew up in the Metroplex, so K-Love was the quote-unquote oldie station. Um, I always tend to listen to 60s, 70s, and 80s type music, I think more over today's music anyway. Hearing it on the radio um, automatically made it identifiable whenever I saw the show. It's just the music that gets stuck in your head, and you walk away whistling it or singing it like I do every night when I leave this <laughs> rehearsal. So. <laughs> um. Now, you came in right before we uh, pressed record for the podcast, and you were like, because everybody's picking a song. And you came in saying, I want to change. And I'm saying, no, you can't change, because your first choice was SOS. Right. And you sing the hell out of that song. Such a great job. So I'll give you two, Jonathan. Let's talk about uh, SOS to begin with. SOS was my first choice, and I think that is uh, something that taps in personally. I. I like newer musicals. The more, the more I'm watching newer musicals, either on Broadway or, or through streaming services, the more I see that the songs are more personalized, internal monologue-based. And so it's people sharing their innermost feelings with you as the audience. And I feel like SOS is that way. It is him pouring out his heart to Donna, Donna pouring out her heart to him. Both of them have a hard time speaking in honesty and truth um, for fear of being hurt. And so... It's all just being poured out. Where are those happy days? They seem so hard to find. I try to reach for you, but you have closed your mind. Whatever happened to our love? I wish I understood. It used to be so nice, it used to be so was changing to was does your mother know last yeah, night because yeah. I, we were rehearsing that last night and i i don't sing on it i just get to watch which is fun yeah um but i feel like that captures the spirit of the show because it's it's an island it's fun it's uh-huh. free it's where donna grew up and where all of this nonsense started uh it just harkens back to that um inner child, that inner freedom, that passion that just kind of comes from, um, I don't know if it's Italy or, you know, Greece or traveling the world or what have you, where all that comes from, but you can have all of that same type of passion, you know, at home too. But that song just kind of harkens with the playfulness of the show and the, uh, that inner child passion. Take it easy, take it easy. 
joined now, finally, by <laughs> Donna Sheridan, played by Billy Harvey. Hello. Yes, welcome. First thing I want to talk to you about, I mentioned to you the other day how much I love your singing in this musical. Thank you. And you're not a technical singer. No, and not you, at all. In fact, you had to work really hard on this musical. Yes. Um, like I started taking, I had taken some voice lessons in college, and yeah. then I, I really wanted to do well at auditions, so I started taking some private voice lessons before, yeah. and then um, I guess it worked. So, so and my compliment to you was, I love your theatrical singing. Is there a difference, and can you describe that as far as maybe this musical or uh, your approach to it? Because I love it. So... You know, when we when we typically think of classical musical theater, there's always this very small division between, you know, your lines as a character and then you sing the song. Yeah. Um, and so there's almost like that little break where yes. I'm singing the song very pretty and then I go back to being my character. And so for me, I just use my songs as an extension of my lines and characters, almost as if they're monologues. So yeah. I just continue to act through those. Yeah. And that, and that works. And I don't know where you got that from, if you came up with that on your own from the character or I haven't even seen the movie. Maybe Meryl Streep does that in the movie, too. No, and as a director, I always push my kids to do the same whenever I'm directing musicals. It's just an extension. I don't know. I guess it's something that... Just don't change your character when you start singing. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Love it. Love it. Um, What was it about this musical that made you want to do all that extra work and take these lessons and... And maybe Jonathan stole your thunder there, but oh, uh, no, um, right, you know he's correct. When we we saw it in Detroit, the Broadway Touring Company, I, I fell in love with the show. I just thought that um, it was probably one of the most fun times I've had at a show um, from beginning to end. Yeah, uh, there was a simplicity to the show as far as like the movement of the set and the costumes. So it was all about the music and the characters, and I really, really um, like that spoke to me. And then. Um, I just, I just really wanted to be a part of this production. Uh, it's been a while since I'd been on stage, mm-hmm. and um, I just knew that the company, who wherever I was going to end up, it was going to be a blast, and I just wanted to be a part of that. Of course, you played the the part of Donna Sheridan, yes, which I guess is probably more known for Meryl Streep now. Yeah. And your husband happens to be a love interest in this show. Yes. How weird is that? Um. I wouldn't say that it's weird. Um, I think uh, we have a little bit of an advantage because that you know we know each other's trigger. Yeah, it's easier to be more intimate with someone that you're already intimate with. Right. Um, so you don't have to worry about breaking down that barrier early on. Have you been in productions where you've had love interest before, other than your husband? Yes. Yeah. And um, sometimes that gets awkward. Yeah. Um, especially when you're. You know, the person you're with is in the audience watching or in the show. <laughs> but it's just acting. It's not real. So yeah, you just yeah. go on. I always manage to land some little part where some I get to flirt with somebody yeah. or another. You I mean, know. It's, it's, it's not you. It's no, somebody else. You're no. just, you know. I just thought about this as right before you guys came in. Um, on the similarities between you and Donna now. Because um, we see Donna, she's she's just so haggard. She's just so beaten down with life at the moment. 
And now I see you up here spending all the time you're spending. You're building these sets. And yesterday you were like, don't come near me. I stink, you know. And and so I can't help but draw that similarity between you and your character. You're kind of morphing into that just because you're so active. You're not only starring in the show, you're set designer mm-hmm. for the show, which your set is starting to look amazing. Thank I know you. you've got a few more flourishes. Yes. So just talk about that observation. Are you becoming Donna? Um, honestly, <laughs> and Jonathan can totally agree, Donna is my mom. Oh, um, okay. Sorry. My mom was the mom who taught me that I, it, men are wonderful yeah. to have in your life, but you need to be prepared to not have to rely on one. So I was taught how to change my own tire, how to change my own oil. Wow. That I, I was always a hard worker. I always have done physical labor yeah. uh, my whole life. So Donna is my mom. Even My parents were even divorced for a period of time. It was a crazy story. And they <laughs> got remarried like, you know, later on um, because they really loved each other, which was amazing. <laughs> um, so Donna is my mom. And so when I'm playing her, I just think about everything she went through. Why she's taught me. Yeah. Because it's all the same, you know, mindset. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Very cool. All right. Let's bring it back to the music here yes. to close it out. I ask you to pick a song, your favorite. Mm-hmm. may not even be one you sing. What song did you pick from the musical, Billy? Uh, money, money, money. I work all night. I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? And still the There's a lot of songs. There's another one. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah. Money, money, money. There's a lot of that going on in the 70s. And honey, honey. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, why money, money, money? What strikes you about that song? Because it's a story. Like, yeah. I, I love songs that are, it's not just like a hook, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. that song, she's telling, like, this is what I'm going through, mm-hmm. and this is what I wish I could have so I can fix it. Like, yeah. this would change all of my, you know, all of my problems. And I love it because it's really close to in the musical cabaret. They have a money, money song. Uh-huh. And it's kind of exactly the same kind of story. Like, like you need money to, like, you know, do things. Money, money, money. Lastly, we are joined by Tommy Bailey. Do you know why you're going last, Tommy? No, I don't. It has everything to do with your song choice. <gasps> okay. And, you know, we want to make our yes. audience really wait for someone in an oh. important position, such as you, for this show. Oh, right. And when I say important, I mean, we wouldn't have a show without this person. Not only are you one-third of the Dynamos. But I think you're like 100% of the choreographer for this show. (laughs) What were you thinking, Tommy Bailey? Well, I I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Now I'm beginning to wonder. Uh, No, uh, I love dance. It's my favorite thing ever. Uh, And I love choreography. I love working with people and helping them to get comfortable with it and just to have a good time up there. Yeah. 
do you have a sense of uh, what your character Tanya is up to, or are you just oh. so busy worrying about everything else? <laughs> I'm starting to get a sense of where Tanya's at. I get that, because I, I know early on you were so concerned with the dance part. Right. Know? And I've it, been very focused. I've been very much in choreographer mode, mm-hmm. and now I'm having to switch over to performance mode. Yeah. Uh, two different mindsets, um, because when I'm on stage, I can't be trying to look at everybody else and what they're doing. They're supposed to know what they're doing, so I can then focus on what I'm doing. And uh, I'm kind of excited to get there. At the time of this taping, we have two and a half weeks, I think, before right. we open. Slowly but surely, I think we're going to get this down. Oh, I think so. I have no worries, really. It's a matter of everyone. It, repetition. Yeah. Repetition's a huge thing. Um, everybody getting comfortable and not being worried about what they're doing. They need yeah. to just have a good time. I think you're right. Just a little uh, helpful hint for the audience. Whenever you go to see Mamma Mia, pay attention to the people up front and not us in the back, okay? <laughs> Just divert your eyes. I'm seeing very good things from the back. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> All right. Um, what is your experience with ABBA? Did you have any experience with ABBA before? A little. Uh, okay. Well, I was born in 1970, okay. so yeah. I grew up with ABBA being on the radio. A little bit, and yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. And um, I had a little record player, and I had a certain song that I love uh-huh. on 45. Oh, you bought the 45, huh? Yes. Nice, yeah. What about Mamma Mia, the musical? Before we go back to that song, what about the musical Mamma Mia? I have only seen it one time live, uh-huh. but I have seen multiple versions of uh, professional companies do it. Uh, you can look up things on YouTube. And so do you do that for choreography purposes? Um, the main thing I did for this one, because I wasn't as familiar with seeing the show mm-hmm. and who all was in certain numbers, uh, I did do a little bit of that. Yeah. I got to watch a few numbers in Portuguese and one in Japanese and one in, um, I guess it was Danish, yeah. uh, and one in German. Uh, I was just picking out different professional performances to just kind of see what, where they went with it. It was very interesting to watch the energy level. The yes. energy is through the roof on all of the numbers. I think that's the thing growing up in, and I grew up with these songs. I was born mm-hmm. in 65, so I okay. got you by five years. So it was mm-hmm. really right in my wheelhouse. And right. in this podcast, you'll hear some Casey Kasem, American Top 40 audio, because that's mm-hmm. where, you know, every time I would listen to that show, you know, ABBA always, they would always have a song. It seems right. like in the Top 40 or whatever. Right. But we didn't really, because they sang in English. You know, mm-hmm. they didn't sing in their native tongue. So... I'm still kind of amazed that it, this Mamma Mia has such worldwide popularity. And it, and you kind of tend to forget it's done in many, many languages. Right. Uh, I think I, I saw the numbers were nearly 75 million people have seen the show, yes. the musical, not even talking about the movie. So, yeah, it's, incredible. It, it is incredible. It's a phenomenon. Uh, it is. And... I think everybody just loves the music, yeah. and they want to be a part of it. I'm going to tease the song just a little bit, then I'll let you kind of share your okay. story about mm-hmm. uh, little five, six-year-old Tommy saying, <laughs> Mommy, I want this record. Okay. Um, 
It's 45 years old. It is the only mm-hmm. ABBA song to hit number one in the United States. Did you know that? No, I the did only not. One, all those popular songs, you know, they had a okay. lot of top tens. The only one to hit number one was this song. The original title was called Boogaloo. This also went number one in 14 other countries. Um, it made the Grammy Hall of Fame in 2015. And uh, here's something you talk about the artist, you know, uh, Benny, Bjorn, uh, Anna Fried, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Agnetha. Benny brought this song home to his wife, Anna Fried, or Frida, mm-hmm. and he played it for her, and she cried. Ah. And then uh, Agnetha, she would say that it's often difficult to know, you know, a so- if a song's going to be a hit as an artist. She said this song was the exception. Um, we knew it was going to be massive, you know, the first time we heard it. Oh, yeah, especially, I would think, during that time period because dancing was such a, a big thing. Oh, yeah, we're talking thing. 1976, <laughs> uh, the height of disco. Right. And uh, we can quit dancing around this song now, mm-hmm. Tommy. What song are we talking about? Dancing Queen. <laughs> You hear it in the show with the Dynamos. Mm -hmm. They've gotten back together after, what, 20 years? They're just having a good time. It'll take a lot of people back to their disco days. I, hope so. <laughs> I can't wait to see it. Tommy Bailey, thank you for joining thank you. us. Thanks for listening to Waxing Lyrically, sponsored by the one and only Teddy's Brewhouse in downtown Brownwood. If you enjoyed our podcast, why not share it with a friend? This is your announcer, Kurt Schneider, wishing all Brownwood Lyric Theater lovers a great day. See you next time.
And there you have it, the most popular song in the nation. At number one for the week ending April 9th, 1977, that's ABBA with Dancing Queen. J.C. 